Welcome everybody to episode 18 of that Roundup podcast. Today, all three of the boys are here. We have Tops, Mike, and myself, and we are going to be discussing the Philadelphia Major, which has been the fourth Spiteful Major of 2023. Uh, we're going to be discussing the men's division, the women's division, as well as some other things such as the man of set. Um, and before we get into that, we're going to discuss a little bit of the previous week's events because uh, we weren't able to record last week due to some uh, yeah, moving issues, time issues, schedule issues. Um, but to quickly recap on some of the prior weeks since our Mammoth episode a couple of weeks ago, we had the Nashville Challenger uh, that was taking place um, in Tennessee. And that was also on the same day as London ETS, which is also a Spikeball Challenger and the ETS, so European Round Association event. Um, they were both hosted. And then we've had now had this weekend where it's the, yeah, again, the fourth major of the year, two pro bids or three pro bids on the men's side, two on the women's side up for uh, grabs um, on the men's and women's side. And we're going to discuss, first of all, before we get into that, about the mammoth sets. So let's kick off. Tops, Mike, did you guys manage to see much of the stream? of the expedition matches of Clark and Ali versus Will and Olivia or Hilltop the Kingdom Come? So I will start here. Uh, I had some troubles finding them at first. Colton actually wrote me where I can find the exhibition stream because oh, Instagram did. Yeah, they did uh, post it and you couldn't find it. So I was confused, but they did it on TikTok. Are you a TikTok guy? I, w- I started actually on TikTok with Top Round and with the content. Nice. Uh, but now I lost it completely. <laughs> it's probably like, well, yeah, well, for me, it was like, oh, it's funny. I, I definitely watch TikTok lives a lot. And I was like, oh, this is actually one. Yeah, I mean, they just come up in my feed. Like, yeah, they come so up in my feed. Yeah, I used to TikTok. I, I mean, they just come up in my feed and I watch them. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I've never like gone to my following tab and like Spikeball was, was there. So I did. I watched it or. I'll say I watched a handful of it. I was popping in and out as I was doing some other stuff. Um, Gasway was commenting, so I was just throwing a bunch of sub gassies in the chat uh, and <laughs> things like that. And then I'll say I did. Uh, <laughs> I heard Gas was commentating, so I just turned off and they just. Yeah, you're like, I. Hello. You, <laughs> uh, and then I love you, Gas. I love you. Um, and, uh, well, I was going to say, it just came out this morning as we were recording, uh, or at least game one did of Round Network for Hilltop uh, Kingdom Come. Yep. And I watched like the first five minutes of that. And then I was like, I should probably get back to work. Uh, so, so that's I a little, little completely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, pretty much similar to me too. I uh, I watched the expedition game of uh, Olivia and Will, the Ali and Clark, just jumping in and out, watching some points. And then I watched a little bit of the Round Network's uh, expedition match of Hilltop and Kingdom Come. What were you guys' thoughts, thoughts on, the, on the games and the points that you guys watched? So like for the exhibition one, it was like, I think zero aces in total for the first set that is now on YouTube, which of course, um, yes. yeah, gonna uh, can come again. What do you say? It's German phrasing. Oh, but then, but English. No, it was uh, zero aces, but also the height is of course very different, so not easy to put the ball with such spin and force as you are used to do. And also, it the look and feel of the match looked really. Um, the ball looks quite heavy, and it doesn't like boom that much over. And also, the net, you know, the tension looks very different mm-hmm. from what we're used to. So, 
of course, this is early stage. People are not very used to this set, but it, I think someone even in the comments said, yeah, that looks not really entertaining, but I feel like if people get used to it, it will get better, but it still feels a lot um, heavier overall the gameplay. Like mm -hmm. the touches are there, it's a lot of defense release, but also the game looks a bit slow and heavier as the normal game that mm -hmm. we see. Mike, off the top of my head, the quick thing I noticed, well, the two biggest things I noticed, and this was me just tangentially watching, uh, so not an authority, um, as I thought, right, we said the height allows for more time to get balls, notably drop shots. I don't think there were yeah. any drop shots I saw that weren't dug, you know, on, on serves, especially they'd hit that near net and it was yeah. still like plenty of time. So that's like super notable. I don't know how that affects it, good or bad, but like that's notable. Um and then uh, I was going to say something else, but I forget what it was. Oh, I mean, so overall, it was still like same. This is how I felt watching the stream. I'm like, this is round net. Like it's this, like 95% the same, right? Like random number percent. I was like, I'm this could have been on a pro set or a premier spike set. Like it, it was very similar to what we typically watch. There probably were some more defensive opportunities. I think that weird sense of like the game feels heavier is correct, more sturdy. I don't even know. Um, but my biggest takeaway is like this is pretty similar to like what we typically are watching. Mine is like serving wasn't as strong, but it felt like uh, my yeah. My thing was like it's this is just round net. Yeah, and I don't know if that take it or leave it. Whether you think that's good, oh it's similar, or oh I wish it was more different. But that's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it and I think just some people were sort of not really getting the bigger picture, like how it's the net is actually affecting the gameplay. Because like we break again, we like break down always around it into five categories, right? Hitting, setting, serving, serve, receive, defense, right? It makes hitting easier uh, because you don't need to lean as far, but it also doesn't give you as many options because the ball is much bigger, therefore taking yeah. more squares on the net. So it's harder to find those little small square and intricate shots because the ball is bigger, taking up more squares. So hitting becomes all harder but also easier right setting is about the same doesn't change too much obviously it will take a little bit of time to get accustomed to but saying in general doesn't doesn't change a huge amount maybe you need to be a little bit more specific with your set because again the ball is slightly larger therefore it's harder to hit with some hits with you know the ball taking up more squares all right defense of course is going to be easier you now have a surface area that's much larger than a pro ball or a premier spike ball or a rash ball um it's also you know going slower off the net because it's heavier and like you guys and like you said tops the ball is slightly uh, heavier meaning that you can't really boom it as far therefore meaning yeah. it's a little bit easier to run down balls or even reach it as it's ascending so right defense becomes easier like cool right and then and then what the last two we have serving and serve receive but we received that too much in regards to these expedition expedition games because yeah, there wasn't many top level serves a lot of put on seconds and um, yeah, we just haven't seen the highest level of serving with this set, with this ball yet, because we haven't enough time to see it. But serve receive, of course, will be easier because the ball is slightly larger again, slightly slower because it's a larger ball. So it's like, yeah, like people need to understand that like these certain, this set is, is a result and a result in all of these categories. Like that's how it's affecting the game. And I just feel that some people are just too like focused on like, oh, I just, I hate the net or I just hate the ball or I, you know, I just hate that it's high. It's like, I really like the fact that we're getting sort of an understanding and data on these different points. 
like where is the perfect point on serve receive or defense or hitting or setting like maybe the ball is just slightly too big or you know maybe it's like just slightly too small but at least like we're having something to compare it now to the pro set which is i think yeah. is really cool especially like again we talk about you know years down the road is it perfect i mean look like a lot of lip ups to me mm. and it looks like the tension they have set on that net is probably a bit too loose to begin with but i mean a lot of cool things to work with and like data to analyze and ana 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 analyze it's okay it's not your mother tongue um yeah but in general i mean it wasn't that entertaining to watch because there obviously wasn't many aces it was like rally it was a bit of like rally ball and a lot of lips but i mean still cool to sort of watch and see how it affects you know the game yeah and we're used to I think also it's worth mentioning still people couldn't grind on that set. If people start in the off season, two or three months serving on this thing, it will be also very different, I think. But for the moment, it looks like, of course, it's very early. I think uh, the teams already played on some prototypes and stuff like that, but that's not, you know, it's still a different product and they get used to it and stuff like that. And Great. I feel it's going to be a very different game on that set in a few months because people will get used to it people will see where new opportunities for offense or serving are and it's gonna diverse its way from the from the pro set i would guess mm -hmm. you all know uh, i was just gonna say like we're talking about this uh spikeball did say like the current plan is pro sets through this season next season so there's no yeah. you know unless like we talked community loves it everyone's like hammering for it figure it out you know it's not going to be pushed into the sts right away right yeah. in spite of what what we like yeah is is the only the only thing that i have a like a, a you know big thought slash problem with is that well, well first of all we're already going down a rabbit hole using the, the certain and this pro net but that's a pro net of rational zero bounds by ball or premier spike like we're going down this rabbit hole of identifying round net with how we play it currently with the equipment we currently use because that's all we're used to so of course when we start moving away from this we can now maybe move away from it which is good and benefit to the sport of round net but very different to the identity that we identify round net with and this is where i have a bit or slight problem is because I don't think the community is as open as maybe they could or should be to where round net should lie. Because imagine we never got a pro net and this mammoth set came out seven years ago. You know, spike ball or round, you know, round net would look totally different. And then someone would bring out a pro net and you'd be like, yo, what is that piece of plastic? Get that out of here. Like, we're not playing with that. Like, we, we you know, so for me, it's like, we. I want to move in the direction of finding the optimal state for round net. But I also, you know, don't want to come away from the identity that we've already had. The mammoth sweat might be maybe testing that identity a little bit too much and too too many things in one go. And the other thing I have a slight problem with is that if we make the game sport easier by suddenly creating, you know, a much larger ball or creating the net much higher, well, once we do that, do we now reduce the ceiling for the sport? Because if this skill becomes so much easier now, let's say serve-receive, for example. Let's say serve-receive becomes so much easier now with a larger ball, a higher net, uh, and a slower object. Let's say serve-receive becomes pretty, you know, much easier than what we're used to. Well, now the ceiling for serve-receive is reduced massively. And do we want that ceiling to reduce massively? Or otherwise, it's going to be really easy for people to get really good at the sport really quickly because 
you don't need to put in X amount of thousand hours, maybe, to get to. And they're not going to need to sign up for Scott's coaching. But like, yeah. Hey, where's the memo of uh, coaching now? Let's get back to the I'm just kidding. I know where you're going. Top strong. Let's get back. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Like, depth matters, effect matters, ceilings matter. Yeah. Right. And it could fundamentally change the game at a at different points that are unintended consequences of what happened now. Yes. You yeah, don't know where it will end. Yeah. 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 I mean, you make everything easier to make it now really watchable. Well, now you limit the ceiling of the sport and now it doesn't reach its ceiling of a sport, which you will be a real shame. Like respectfully to talk about Revo, you know, Revo was a great initiative to try and bring, you know, a new sort of dynamics of sport with some equipment changes. Uh, but that it made the sport so much easier and therefore made it less watchable. Because Revo, of course, has many rallies because the surface area is smaller, the lip is higher, so the entry point is, you know, reduced, so your hitting options are reduced, making defense easier. Like, they made a lot of these changes that we're seeing the Mammoth set have an effect on the round net. But with those effects that they then caused by changing the equipment, it then made the gameplay somewhat a lot less more in, lot less enjoyable to watch because there was no real athletic plays because hitting was so much easier because the lip was so high you had less options defensively so it's like how much are you willing to give up to make it immediately more enjoyable to watch but in the long run actually reducing the ceiling and the potential of the sport that's sort of the question that I'm sort of pondering with since the man set has come out and just in general in round net I think it's also a clear step in the direction of uh to make it an Olympic game because the same revolve has always the same, like it's always the same gear. There, there's no difference mm -hmm. in, in yep. that tension. And also with the mammoth set, I think they try to have the always same tension, which is good. So everybody has the same kind of uh, gear to play with. But at the moment, it looks like it's a little bit too sloppy or like you couldn't, like the tension doesn't look um, comparable to the one that we have on the pro set. Which is also, of course, maybe a point that they say they don't want to have that much tension because otherwise boom ball will be again a thing. Yeah. But on the other hand, we come to the same conclusion about how what do I take off the sport to make it uh, yeah. more easy to play, more easy to to get your hands on. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that trade off? But I think again, at least we're pushing in the direction where we're going to see some of these trade off and decisions be made over the coming years, as long as we don't get too closely connected with our identity and we're prepared to sort of at least move in another direction to maybe benefit the long-term vision and potential of the sport but yet to be seen just bigger questions bigger thoughts um yeah i i often think about the situation if football wouldn't be that massive sport and would just be a new thing that i don't know another sport would take football's place and now we find out about football and that would be the rising sport that we have uh, would they change the system? How many people are on the field? How big is the field? How big is the ball? And the net's like too that. big. Scoring's too easy. Yeah, like the goal is 100%. insanely big. One, like yeah. one. I, I, like I have this thought as well, as well. Tops. I mean, it's just like when you get so far down in a tradition, you then get further and further away from willing to change, which is now dangerous yeah. because now you don't reach your potential. Like the greatest example in just football and soccer for those living in the US. Uh, or yeah. America. Who would do that? Uh, <laughs> um, um, but like, there, there was a big discussion in regards to changing the time clock. So instead of it being 90 minutes and 45 minutes each half, that instead, when the ball was out of play off the field, the clock would stop 
and then can resume when the ball was back in play in action. Therefore, it would only be two times 30 minutes, so the game would only be 60 minutes long, but there would be no additional time, and it would only count the, t the time the ball is on the pitch. Like, thought like well because that system kind of is tradition it's weird it's like it's that weird yeah. to have that raw thought is ah, just like yeah. a great thought it's like imagine there would be no time wasting you know there would be like actual raw action you know when you're coming to a game you've got 60 minutes of like really enjoyable football you're always guaranteed that time whereas now you're like you know half it's getting the ball back on the field and running around and people time if you're Two one in the lead or something, you're yeah. really slow getting the ball. Yeah, and, and no, it's so true. And look, maybe some people love that because that's a part of football again. Because we identify. Could you imagine if Roundit was like that? <laughs> yeah, so we're on a tie Like if we have to yeah. get one time no, from the field. Yeah, we're not playing a twenty one. Anyway, playing, but it's ten minutes. But yeah, let's, either way, let's yeah, move on. Totally, totally but I right. think this is all reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I think I feel good, good because <laughs> I think it was very similar to the round net that we know today. So I am, I think it's a fair thought, Scott. I'm not super concerned about it right now, but I'm not ignoring how it may affect the future. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Alrighty, guys, let's jump and move on to talking about the men's Premier Division. Um, or maybe I shouldn't say men's because we had uh, Ali Jenki performing and playing with... I know, powerful. So, so the know. Open Division. Uh, yeah. Premier and Pro Premier Division. Yeah. Um, in uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Let's uh let's just talk some talking ports. Again, we're not gonna go for a long, long time today, but um Rogue. Can I can I say oh, the main man. yeah, the main thing is just like Rogue is so good, right? Yeah, right. Rogue, full stop. Next point. My god. Oh, yeah. Like they're so good. Like I um truthfully, I watched the finals uh and I texted Albie and I was like, Wow, that was oh sorry, Albie. Albert Tong of Round Network. And I was like, that was awesome. Because yeah, yeah. he was he just uh he was just visiting me here. We were talking a lot about Rogue and, and Round Net. Um and then but he's like, no, the semis, the semis. And I'm like, I haven't even seen the semis. But apparently the semis were crazy, right? Game three against Spotless. Yeah, but mm. I'll just say, speaking, like I watched the finals. Uh, shout out to Kyle Jung, put it on his YouTube channel very quickly. And like, I, I mean, I'm going to spoil it here. So if you really want to watch, go watch. That's your spoiler warning. But like Rogue was down so much. Like they were down, like I think in game two, they were down like, I'm making up numbers like 13, eight, they were down 18, 15 and they come back and win. And they, they just have Scott, And I, I'm not going to say the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Cause I, cause we talked about like people don't have a complete game, but like they have almost everything. Like their the, serving is really good. Their serving is great. Seat. Otherwise, how could they go 15, no, 30? But the, the big thing is, it's like, <laughs> down. that's true. I mean, it's Vinny. It's Vinny. They got, I know, I know. But, but like, but the big thing is, is like they got their breaks on not just no touch aces, but it would be like, uh, but it would be like they'd be playing defense on just like when they got that, like their defenses was great, their serves were great, their hitting's awesome. Like, you know, they should they probably need to work on their serve receivers, Vinny, but everyone does. But like I was yeah. really just really impressed. And then the six Scott that a mental game, they yeah. re they got yeah. that mental game. Like yeah, yeah. so um, I was I've. I've watched, well, I haven't watched any of their, like, I, I haven't watched a lot of the live games. I watched a lot of their highlights. And then watching this, I was like, wow, like, they are obviously so good, but, like, so, so good. Yeah. Uh, on a side note, like, on the final against the uh, critical hit, which was, for me, also surprising, well-performed. Yeah. Because uh, Vinny surf were insane, Justin, and he, he did play also in defense very well, I think. 
uh, there were a lot of active calls actually in the finals, which I was uh, surprised by. Also, like uh, direct footfalls and stuff. But I'm also from uh, from Europe. It's uh, still another no a lot of being. No, but you know our observers like are not so super close to the to the footfalls and stuff. I feel like as in the US, they're really sharp on that. And my point was, they were six points uh, up against Rogue in the second set. And they still turn it around. And Ryan Marino's surf looked like he and Vinny were battling on on the surf pressure, and it was so good to watch. Like also, yeah, it was just a great game to watch. And I was really surprised it ended on on two sets. I would love to see a third one, but in the end, they took it really close. Uh, and critical hit, as we talked about it beforewards with Scotty already. Uh, Vinny back to back two bro pits. I'll say, I'll say before I go to Scott, I'd like. Thomas, you're right that it's one of the closest two said matches I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like watching this and I'm like, I know this is two games. This did not seem like two games. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Scott? No, I, yeah, I, I didn't manage to watch too much of the, the footage in the final, just following following via Wango. And the thing that stuck out for me was that Rogue went to like three sets in the round of 16, quarters, semis, and then won the final in two. Um, yeah. Kingdom Come, um, a Canadian team in the round of 16, Tyler Babin, and I can't remember his partners. A zero fall damage, yep. Yeah, fall damage, thank you. And then uh, then spot, spotless, right, in the semis and kingdom come in the cores, like well, three sets just, and then final winning in two, but as you said, the closest two set you've ever seen. <laughs> um, just amazing. Like, again, the things I want to throw back to you guys are, is do you think they're already pretty much favorites and probably going to win uh, the pro division at the end of the year? Um, and I just want to also shout out before you guys answer that, just uh, again, yeah, Vinny's performance, getting to back-to-back finals at majors, to yeah. partners, Justin, from what I heard, also played amazing throughout the whole day, and yeah, just awesome to see uh, yeah, a new team that haven't played too much, not too many tournaments together, of course they played Richmond together, but besides that, I don't think they've played many, if any, tournaments together since then, so yeah, one of their you know, second, third, or second tournaments together, maybe, it might have been their third, just a really impressive on and but yeah go for uh, yeah up oh, scott kind of i love it yeah rogue okay on, on if rogue is going to win the championship like we talked in our group chat after and it was uh i think thomas asked uh or maybe scott what if you asked has any team ever had like this hot of a start and the answer is like yeah, yes. my question. yeah thomas asked what has a team ever had this hot of a start and the answer is yes it is three-time national champion chiswick showalter like they came out in 2017 I think like two or three in the power rankings because it's like, yeah, they're going to be good, but how good? Yeah, they won like their first five events. Don't quote me on that. And then they lost one and then finished out the season winning uh, the last Grand Slam, regionals and nationals. Nationals 2017. uh, They did drop some games, but they definitely were the best team. And then won two national championships after that. So I think like, so looking at how Rogue is, I do think Rogue is the favorite to win the championship. Like obviously, but also, like, I think they are a high favorite to win. That said, I, I, I think they might lose a tournament, right? I think it's it's likely at some it's point possible. they will lose. <laughs> I, obviously, I, th- I think I think I would, if Rogue loses the tournament, I'm not surprised. I still think they're the favorite. Just looking back at, like, Chizik Schulter again, lost a tournament 2017, bounced back, crushed teams the rest of the year. Then 2018, I mentioned, didn't didn't lose a single tournament. But so, 
big elephant in the room. Roundnet was very different in 2018 and 17 versus now. Like the competition and the overall amount of hours to be at the top now is very different 2017, 2018. Yeah. So I also think Rogue really put in the hours. Like they came out, like in the off season, they were, I think, grinding a lot and now it really pays off. I mean, I just saw some bangers from Ryan Marino and, and he goes back and forth with Winnie. Like the angles, the amount of cut, it's just insane. Like people were getting batshit crazy. Really? Like, he's serving better than Vinny. Right? Like, better, probably better than Vinny. And if you're doing that, it's, like, ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Scott, what do you think? I'm just, I'm not sure if he serves better than Vinny, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said it, maybe. I, I haven't seen the finals yet. Well, that, I've seen Ryan. I mean, Ryan. I mean, I don't, is yeah. Richmond? It was great. He was great. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to watch some more footage to <laughs> before I have an opinion on that. But, I mean, Vinny's, of course, you know, one of the best, if not the best server in the world, if you think about total number of average breaks generated per game i mean i don't have the stats but i mean if someone did have the stats i'm pretty confident let me pull up, let me pull up the stats from the finals because those exist uh-huh. it's yeah. crazy that Vinny can switch a whole game just by or lose it if you don't get aces while you're up three 18 True. 15 so you know i don't think you lose just kidding i know Vinny listens yeah <laughs> if he doesn't they you <laughs> get better than you know <laughs> Game two, Vinny's serve percent was 64%, four aces, aced three times. Yeah. Marino, 87%, one ace, ace twice. Mm. Interesting. So, but yeah. Thomas was the, was the, the break getter in, uh, in that four aces, three aced. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then of course with 87% serve percentage from Ryan, how many of those then led to defensive touches or bad receives? Yep. Which then led to either direct points off a bad receive or a poor recovery set or, you know, a recovery set, which led to a defensive touch. Look at this. Like, there were only game two, Rogue. Rogue had seven breaks, Critical it at six. Like, that's how close it was. Yep. Great. Vinny generated four, Thomas generated five. Yep. Which is crazy. Um, so I'm going to look at uh, game one real quick if you guys let me. Yeah. Game one, same thing. Vinny. Four and three. Four aces, ace three. Ryan, four and two. Four, a- four aces, two ace. Yeah. The difference, Vinny managed 58%. Ryan's percentage, 73%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First game also went to extras, just yep. uh, for the viewers that didn't watch the game. It was 23-21. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a very close one, actually. I thought a critical hit going to take the, the first set because they were up. But then, uh, yeah, they traded and... Yeah, it's, it, it, but it's also good to see critical hit. I mean, this is kind of, um, they're not really known, I would say. I mean, players are known, but as a team, they didn't have like a big win or something like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now they start off and then, you know, play against the best team at the moment, which is Rogue, I feel like. It's yeah. a decent, decent start. Really quick chat, right? So we obviously have uh, Spotless finished in fourth behind Judgment Day, gave Fanopki, Frederick Hinkle. Outside of Rogue, like, how do you feel about kind of these other teams? Like they're all hanging up there, right? Kingdom Come, Spotless, Judgment Day. Um, oh, okay. It feels like clearly it's obviously Rogue is the clear number one. Between those three, it seems also just out of a big mix. I yeah. was a bit surprised that Bad Combo loses like 21-12, 21-15 against the Spotless. Spotless looked really sharp. They are also a very close matchup against, uh, against Rogue. So... Yeah, I feel like there's high competition up there, and that's also great for for the championships. 
Yep, indeed. I think uh, we should move on slightly. I think if there's any more storylines or any more thoughts from the men's division or open division, I should say, that anyone wants to say. Um, if not, then I think we should move on to uh, Mike's break before we get into the women's division and then break it down with the championship standings as we end the pod. Mike? All right. Quickest Mike's break ever. Whoa, okay. Ready? Let's go. Speed. All right. After seeing uh, Toulouse, I have one question for each of you. After, uh, or maybe three. One for each and then a double. Uh, after seeing Toulouse, Thomas, how do you think ES or uh, E slash S or other European teams are going to do at the championship? <sighs> Long question. Okay, uh, really short answer. I I feel like they have to, a great potential, to be honest, because they are a very good team. But I think that they could do slightly worse than in Europe because also it's long travel. It's very different uh, status of a tournament in, in the US. But I wish or I, I give them at least top five. Nice. Uh, Scott, actually two questions. First, uh, and you may have answered this on your story as you were traveling last week. What's one thing you're going to take back from European round net to the States? Oh, tough. Um I don't know. I think um, we already had seen like the tunnel moved from Europe to the US, <laughs> or at least at most events that I've seen. We don't have tunnels here. I well, there it, it has been a, quite a few events. Yeah, I know. Uh, gone. Yeah, but I don't know if it was done in Philadelphia. But either way, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I tried to sort of shout out to Benny Backler to take after him a lot in regards to um, his philosophy and his mindset and speaking and you know being open and welcoming to everybody. So sort of what I try to take take with me from most events and especially from Europe is just that ability that you know any you can speak to anyone at any time be very open and mm -hmm. just speak to people and make them feel welcome around their event whether they're you know just it's their first event or whether they're you know they're your competition just um I think that's a pretty important trait we need to keep going and it's completely within our control as uh, around that community to do even as the sport continues to get more competitive so yeah that's perfect pretty much uh second question uh, what's the first American food slash thing you had when you got back? <laughs> I had um chicken tender sub. Nice. That's American. Really good. That's American. Really good. Yeah, that's uh, American. That's just that. Nice. I also just want to note because the uh, tops you didn't want to uh you didn't or didn't want to you didn't talk about the um the women's that have also qualified for the pro bid in uh in the championship in the US. So I don't know if they're gonna go, but I think I believe Tiramisu have qualified. Uh, Taufel, Valawa, Kunzelman, and uh, and Ronya uh, from Germany. Laura with several occasions. And yeah, and also with eight other partners or something. Um, <laughs> but um, what were your thoughts on, uh, I think, yeah, there might be a couple more, but uh, for now, but Tiramisu and um, and Laura, Ronya, where do you see place that? I, I'm not 100% sure if Tiramisu will go, but if they will go, I see them definitely on the board. Winning. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say winning, but I'm like super. Yeah, I'm I mean, they come yeah. also from Austria, and I'm I'm super up for them, and I see them somewhere in the top three. I'm not sure how they perform against twins because that looks like a tough matchup for them. But you know, everything is possible, and I see them definitely um, in in somewhere in the top three, not winning the thing, because I feel like it is kind of a lowest game this season. Uh, we're also, Ronnie is really performing well at the, at the moment, but against Twins, that would be a matchup that I wanted to see for ages. So I'm looking forward to that, and I think they battled their way for two and three. I'm gonna throw out a hot take: if seeds align 
And if they go to the championship, I think uh, Lauda and Ronya win it. I think Twins come in third. And uh, I think Tiramisu would beat Twins in a semi. But... Ooh, that sounds I, nice. Yeah, I actually somewhat confidently believe. So you think So you think Tiramisu, uh, Tiramisu will beat Twins. Twins yeah. would beat Towerfall. Towerfall will beat Tiramisu? Yes. You know what I mean? Not, well, not one. I know, I know. Hot take, hot take, hot take. So if it works out, Twins could get third if they lose to Tiramisu. And then yeah. Works works like, but you think Towerfall could beat Tiramisu? Yeah. Yeah, so Towerfall have the yeah. exploring. Three Ts. The three, three Ts of women's Three Ts. The only question <laughs> I'd have is, uh, I think, yeah, I, I think uh, I actually would a little bit more confident that Tiramisu would beat Twins more than uh, Twins would beat powerful with Ronya and Loud. I think yeah. Ronya and Loud would probably, that would be a very close matchup, more close than Tiramisuvi twins, in my opinion. But hopefully we get to see it, so at least we can uh, yeah, watch some high-level yeah, women's, uh, women's So game. speaking of that, we're going to end yeah. Mike's break, and we're going to close this out talking about uh, women's. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, how much of you, or how much of the tournament were you guys able to follow? Just like the Open Division, I was also following via Fuengo. I haven't seen too much footage uh, directly after, um, I was following like the simul simulcast. Also, yeah. yeah, I followed the Fuengo. Uh, the finals is in my watch later on YouTube to watch. I guess sure. I did yeah. watch it just before the before the stream. Uh, it looked very convincing, but uh, uh, the one Olivia and Ali, yeah, Shanky Foster, uh, VV Munchkins. <laughs> but I remember they had a different name on the stream. I'm not sure. Uh, royalty, yeah. Uh, it looked like Olivera was putting a lot of surf pressure. I feel like, and hitting looked clean. Mm. Wait, sorry, they beat they beat Angst. Is that oh no? They sorry, Katie Pearson and yeah, uh, they beat Angst. Yeah, blah 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 blah. Don't listen to me. Semi. Don't royalty. listen to me. They beat Angst <laughs> in the semis in three. I love how you. But yeah, yep. finals was. Finals was uh, was Katie Pearson and a partner that I, I haven't heard of. Should I have heard of she? Her? I think she's from uh, from Canada. Didn't she play yeah, for yeah. the uh, mixed or co-ed division on the oh, world? Okay. <clears throat> I think <clears throat> awesome. But yeah, convincing win. You think Thomas? Yeah, convincing win. I would say, but mm -hmm. still, Katie playing also uh, on the final of a of a major with a new partner. Respectable, to be honest. Yep. Indeed. And I was a bit confused by I felt like they had a different setup for the for the women's final. I was a bit confused by the stream. But yeah, I watched I watched all of it actually, but I can't remember anything. I think again notable is that Ray Kitty Pearson gets another pro bid if she chooses yeah. to to use that mm -hmm. instead of great K twos. Um and then Olivia and Ali. If she won't be using probably... K2s. So. Yes, yes, yeah, sorry. So I don't know if we haven't discussed that on the podcast, but yeah, those, yeah, they're, they're, they're not they're no longer playing together. I think K K two announced it too, so but yeah. K2 will not be using their if you want to see minutes on K 2s Instagram. Um yeah. so actually well now in the rankings it was Towerfall was added in there. Um yeah. so but Katie got another pro bid, um, this time with a new partner, and then the other pro bid went to Olivia and Ali Foster, who will likely not be using that unless there's some extenuating circumstance uh, that is needed. Out of interest, yeah. previously on the pod about uh, you know there being a lack of women's teams in the in the majors, especially in Salt Lake City, where I think there was only 11 women's advanced teams. Do you know of how many women's teams? Both full 16 here. 16, yeah, four, yeah, four groups, yeah, four teams. Yep, good to see. Yeah, 
Okay. Um, nice. Any other storylines that we had? We also had, um, yeah, we had uh, Joel and Lou as tea time playing and performing back, getting fourth place. I think believe they lost. They they love getting fourth. Yeah, they love. Yeah. So, I, well, I think yeah. I'll say like quickly. My like the big thing or the big thing for me is like, of course, like it was a mashup with right Olivia and Allie, but some some parody right going three games with angst. Um, the Canadian teams, the boys played them close 2118 uh 2118 time lost uh, their first game in the quarterfinals space monkeys with the eight seed you know put up a fight against katie pearson's team so i think there's some good good stuff there um you know with this and happy that they they were able to pull together 16 teams that's great indeed indeed i think let's round off this pod guys with um with discussing the updates with the uh pro did or the pro division for the championship yep slash nationals later this year um we currently have the eight teams of rogue spotless judgment day uh, matthew cole and Ryder reva in system assisted touch um Vinny and ellie which now probably will not be taking that bid as it will be now critical hit which got it in philadelphia and Einstein. so those are the nine teams but of course Vinny's in there twice so the eight teams confirmed will probably be Vinny and uh justin and there's a good chance that Kingdom Come will make it on points, so Matt Cole will probably won't be taking that one unless he wants to win, and then he'll take <laughs> and he'll take Ryder. And those, and then to the point, so so we have eight then confirmed spots. We have eight remaining. Yeah. Of those eight remaining, the points haven't been updated from Philadelphia when I'm reading this list, but we have in good standing: Bad Combo, Will and Rahul, TRP Mermaid, Sparkle, Noah Luscus, and Christian Bennett. Cigar Boys, Dan Abrams and Grant Laughlin, uh, Bot House of Owen and uh, West, RCG Powerline, uh, Benny and Nelson, Profit Boost, Kieran and Justin, Kingdom Calm in seventh, and then we have a lot of teams on an eighth position. So a lot, a lot, a lot of positions up for grabs still. Um, and only three more auto bits, one yeah. more major. And only, and, and yeah. the thing is about that major is that, you know, these three auto bids are very, very likely going to go to these eight teams that have already yeah. confirmed their place. So this point, uh, the points that, yeah, this point race is uh, going to be very interesting uh, in the coming weeks, months leading up to the championship. Because if you're in the yeah. top four, like Bad Combo, Mermaid, Sparkle, Cigar Boys, Ball Alps, you're sitting pretty comfortably. Um, but that five, six, seven, eight, you know, yeah. all of those points are, yeah, every point may matter. Kingdom Come obviously getting a lot now at the, the Philadelphia major, but still, it's uh, going to be interesting to see. Uh, Quick question. Does anybody know if Ryder is like interested in playing the championships because it's kind of the biggest tournament that there is? No, I mean, I would assume no, but I have no insights to. Okay. It would be awesome to see him also to come yeah. to the championship, like winning a major without playing tournaments before and then go to the championships and also doing really well. That would yeah. be great. A crazy story, actually. Um, show us the women's side. Yes, and then on to the women's side. So we have auto. So there's been there's been uh, eight spots up for grabs, right? Because two per major. Is that yeah. correct? Eight spots yeah. up for grabs, two per major, um, and there's only obviously a twelve women's division uh, pro division. Uh, so twelve uh, places in total. Those who have already got now pro auto bids is twins, uh, Foster, uh, Ali Foster, and Kara Hoy. Um, K2, which obviously will not be uh, accepting that bid. Towerful of Ronya and Laura. Tiramisu of Megan and Danny. And then now joining them is, of course, um, Katie and her partner, who, ba Val Valerie? Val 
describing. Sorry, I'm really awful with names. Um, it's also a new name for me. Um, who will now get that auto bid, as well as, of course, Olivia and Ali Foster. But of course, we very much expect Ali Foster not to take that bid with Olivia. Uh, they will be competing as twins. So, so we now have what you know, seven bids in. Yeah. But only you know, but two of those and definitely. But, yeah. So really, probably two, five. Or five. Five. Right. So we have five concerned spots. Yeah. So we now have an additional seven. Not even fully confirmed, right? Like, I guess maybe, but yes. But either way, so let's me. say let's say five, and we have seven spots left. So there's seven spots. Again, we go to the points race on the women's side. We got uh, Push and Dives and Natasha and Innes from uh, France. No hype of uh, Maddie and uh, Malia uh, from mm -hmm. California. And I'm not sure where Maddie is from. Um, 2K um, with uh, Kerahoy and Kayla Wu. Of course, again, if that happens, then another automatic pro bid is reduced because Kara is already qualified with uh, Ali Foster. Uh, more Baghetti, less Regretti. Of, uh, <laughs> which is also Laura. Best team here of the year. Laura and Laura, which again, we suspect won't be taken up. So Space Monkeys in fifth places are looking like a very strong position. Um, yep. uh, Rafa and Steph. And then we have Royalty, which ah was Royalty is now the team that's got the auto bid of yep. Katie and Valley, so I'm really awful about names. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the uh, first name is uh, is Lawrence, according to Lawrence uh, Um yep. And then in seventh, so that we have, and obviously they've gone to that five. We've already confirmed. So we have Ainge, yep. then of Sarah and Kaylin uh, Morgan, and then this we have to go eight yeah? ten. Sorry, this we have to go up there because up there because they have quite a lot of SDS points. I think. Yes, they're in ninth position of uh, Christina okay. and Laura. So they're on the board there. And then tenth places Nora Haas and Lou Washburn in tenth, and then eighth was Anderson and Savage. Yep. Okay. So it all it might come down to really like one who plays these last few tournaments and and gets some more eight. points. Eight. Yeah. Eight. And one one eight. good eight. result could really take you in there. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. So only five automatic bids now, and then seven spots still remaining. And even those of those ten teams we just named, a few of those will not be confirmed because yep. um, they've already got pro bids and they're just with different partners. But, um, so there's a lot of potential for upsets also, because yeah. if you take a, a good a good tournament, you can be part of the championships, and I think that's a big deal. Yep, indeed. Just uh, look at Ryder Eva and Metcalf. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think that caps off that episode 18 of that Roundit podcast. Any last words, guys, before we uh, yeah head out? Scott, I already miss you in Europe. It feels like an empty place here without you. Thanks, I'll pay you later. Mike? Got him upset your back. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. God, I love you guys. Okay. All right. All right. Thank Thanks, you. everyone, for listening. Thank, Thank you, for listening. Oh, just uh, on a short note, can I say something? Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, the recap is now. dropping today. Recap is dropping today of the women's division on, on Sunday for London ETS event. It's going to be a massive video. Thank you so much. Where can you find it? On, on Pops? YouTube, Top Shroudnut. Oh, usually wow. it's 24 hours after you guys we recorded this 24 hours before you guys listen to it so um it's already it's live it's today it. it's today you oh. probably already watched it and yeah. then when then when the hopefully does make sure to watch that too yes <laughs> yes there's a star guest there's a star guest from the podcast on so, all right <laughs> see you guys later <laughs>